On this episode, I go to floor 12 of VaynerMedia and I answer some questions. You ask questions and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary V Show. Good, that's what I want. Let's go. What's this? No? Here we go. 98? Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk and this is episode 98 of the Ask Gary V Show. You can walk. (laughs) You guys are in black and white right now because that's how we edit. Alright, let's do this. (laughs) That was good, right? Jose asks, just catching up to Ask Gary V, Cash's Oxygen, episode 96. So what's second, product, team, or service? Jose, great question. Your cash is oxygen. There is no second, right? Like that's like the all-encompassing. It's not that it's first, but I think I think your real question is really interesting because the fact of the matter is there's a hundred different things that could be it, right? You could be amazing at growth hacking. You might have designed the greatest product. The truth is, you know. Especially for me, I love to give like definitive answers to get people moving because the more you ponder, the more you squander. What? And so, and so, and so, and so, uh, don't be crippled by what is that other thing. Uh, I think that other thing could be the thing that you're strong at and, uh, and we all have those things. For me, it's sales, right? Like both businesses I built, Wine Library and now VaynerMedia is predicated on I'm extremely good at gr- growing the top line revenue of the businesses that I'm at the helm of. Later on, I work about driving profit back up. Some people are efficient at the profit from the beginning or architecting a business that's profitable from the get or financial engineering or amazing designers that are so overwhelming, they can't sell or build a business, but they bring in that skill later because the quality of their art or product is so incredible. You might design an amazing product and that might be at the core. So there's a lot of different things. Cash, though, is oxygen. Um, from Jack Henry. Jack Henry? Hyphenated, Jack Henry. Jack Dash Henry? Jack Henry asks, What are the biggest mistakes you see young 20-year-old entrepreneurs such as myself making? Jack Henry, there are so many damn mistakes you're making, you youngsters, that this actual show would take the rest of my life if I decided to list them all. Uh, (laughs) On the flip side, there's so many incredible 21-year-old entrepreneurs. I mean, I don't want to sit up here as the old dude and be like, you kids, you millennials are doing all these things wrong. I I think think there's, there's... market conditions. And I think market conditions right now for youngsters are not creating strong disciplines in business. It's so easy to do a startup. It's so easy to raise money that a lot of people are just not a, you know, when you're a 21 year old and literally the last even hardcore economic issue was in 2008, Geez, you were 14 when that hit the fan. That's insane, by the way, to me. Number two, like you just have never lived it. It's always been good for you, John Dash Henry. It's always been good for all the 21-year-olds. It's always been what I call peacetime generals. And I think to be a great business woman or man, you need to be a wartime general as well. Talk to me. You know what's gonna be fun? Episode 697 of the Ask Gary V Show, when the stock market collapsed, and when money's not flowing, and when there's some geopolitical event that's changing the landscape, and not everybody's writing a, oh, I should invest in next Facebook and Uber. Then, 
entrepreneurs are gonna really rise to the top that are real ones, not fake ones. And I think, I think that not understanding the principles of building teams, building good product, knowing how to sell, these things that are, have been thematic through these 100 episodes, that's when they matter. And so, my friends, if you've been confused, let me unconfuse you. I've been doing this show for the future moments, not right now. These 100 episodes, they're not about right now. They're about what's coming. And what's coming is bad times, and then good times, and then bad times, and then good times, and then bad times. Stats, say it with me. Bad times. Bad times. Then good times. Then good times. Then bad times. Then bad times. Thanks, Stats. That is what's coming, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't felt the effects of that chant, India. Yeah, I have like five new followers. On yeah, Twitter. like five serious new followers that loved the way you chanted. <laughs> what were we chanting, chanting again? Cash is oxygen. Yeah, cash is oxygen. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I'll forget everything else in life, but I'll remember that probably. <laughs> I'm so happy right now. Charlie asks, what's your strategy when dealing with a pissed off customer? Hey, Charlie, I've got a really interesting answer to my, my thought process on pissed off customers. First and foremost, I want to know if they're right. And so I use myself as the judge of that. And I mean that. I mean, I judge how right they are. If they are 100% right, in my opinion, I'm coming in with nothing but empathy. How do I fix it? Lifetime value. Whatever it costs me up front right now, it doesn't matter because they're right. And in the capitalism, meritocracy, fairness of the world, I need to make good on the mistake that Wine Library Vayner media I made and that's that. Now if I think they're wrong, which happens plenty of times as well, maybe 50-50 of the time, I come with offense. You know, I come to uh, explain to them that uh, I get it and I have empathy and I'm sorry, but, huge capital B-U-T, but you're a douchebag and let me explain, blah, 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 blah. And so that is really the way it is. So first and foremost, I assess the situation. I never try to put my best interest in mind. And so if I think they're right, Lauren, don't be scared. And if I don't think they're, and if I think that they're right, I'm gonna then just do what I said in part one. But if I think they're wrong, I'm gonna play it a different way. Lauren was scared. <laughs> this is from Jason. Mm-hmm. The ruler? Jason. <laughs> Start from the beginning. I got you, D-Rock. Edit that, dick. <laughs> hey, Gary. Jason Hansen here in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area. I'm uh, heading off to a networking event and thought I'd ask you, what is Gary V's game networking? What do you do? Love to hear from you. Thanks. Jason, I think, you know, networking is super important to me at this point. Um, you know, there's two different levels of networking for me. Number one, I'm in an environment where I'm known, right? Through the last decade, I've built up some brand equity and there's a bit, very different strategy of walking into a room where there's context around me. I'm in a wine space, in a social media space, marketing space. I'm gonna be able to play in that way a little bit different. Um, in that world, I'm kind of, I'm receiving, right? I'm, I'm letting things come to me. This is the opportunity for a lot of people to pitch me. I want to give them value. And so in those environments where I have context and brand and leverage, I actually give back. I actually just set up shop and I get pitched for days, bro. On the other side, when I go to many places where nobody knows who I am, uh, I'm on the offense to not overthink it. So I will never figure out like who's the biggest dog or dogette in the room that I want to get to and like I'm gonna get mines. What I really do is I come in and really go very open and create a scenario where, you know, Jason, don't worry, you can walk. Let's go. Yeah, don't worry. 
Say hi to the Vader Nation. Is there no cutting? You said there's no cutting anymore. There's no cutting anymore. No editing. This is real. This is. I know it's going live right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Just. Tell I don't him. like to be in bed. But, but look, look. Side. I know you like that. So say yeah, hello. Like be a nice guy. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Awesome. <laughs> best, best accent at Vayner Media. Half Boston, half New York. Very conflicted. Um, <laughs> and so, in, in the places where I'm not known, I'm uh, I'm really looking to. Uh, to just let serendipity take over. I think, I think networking can get very skeezy very quickly, right? You have such a hardcore objective. To me, I let it come to me. Uh, that is my overall plan. I, by nature, am a counterpuncher from all my aggression and bravado and what, what I project on stage, because that's a different environment. In, 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 in real life, I, I'm very much let things come to me and I like to react. It's a little more chess. It's kind of like, it's like, I wish I knew more about martial arts because I feel like sometimes people leave comments in Facebook and YouTube about it's like it's like martial arts. I like the other person's thing give me the leverage to do my thing. Rocky asks, "What's your opinion of Nielsen ratings and how do you benchmark traditional versus social media success for big brands?" Rocky, this is a great question. As you can imagine, this is the world I live in. I do think that all reporting, if it's not black and white and quantified, hold on, Tim is like being weird. Come here, look at, look, look at, what? Tim. <laughs> Are you right? Like, yeah, I'm good. So, you know, traditional metrics, you know, reporting versus black and white quantifiable data on the back end are very different. You know, attribution models done on the web the whole way where you can see the whole funnel. You can take more in that than you can the reporting. And whether that's reporting from traditional, like TV Nielsen's, or even digital reporting, like there's plenty of digital reporting. And so you gotta look at them differently. And look, I'm a very big believer in branding and marketing, what what I would call qual data. And so to me that stuff's very important and I believe in brand. I mean, I don't look at the hardcore quant data of this show. I think I'm building brand, I'm bringing value. Over the last several episodes, I felt a absolute uptick in my Twitter stream and the Instagram comments of the show's getting good. I'm bring, you know, literally in the last week, anecdotally, not hardcore data, I've seen like 13, 14 people tweet or Instagram about like how the more they go into my rabbit hole of content, the more value or like he's really hitting a stride so I can feel it. It's like a branding thing. Like I can even feel this show and the last show and the last show. Like we're taking it up a notch a little bit as we head into the crescendo that is episode 100. And so, um, I think they both matter. If I'm looking at data, I'm gonna look for something as pure as possible. And so, in general, digital stuff attracts me more, but I think there's a place for both. Hey Gary, where's a good place to get pizza? Oh, we need to get this guy to the office. What's he asking? Pizza. What's that? Pizza, what's the best pizza? Where's a good place to get pizza? What's his name? Asian. He's so cute. <laughs> All right. Clearly, the Vayner Nation has fallen in love with Asian. Like, who cares about Gary? It's all about Asian. Asian. I got some good news for you. And uh, bad news, my man. First of all, you're adorable. Second of all, you should be Xander's friend. Third of all, if you become Misha's friend, she's gonna boss you around, so stick with Xander. Fourth of all, Mike doesn't let me eat pizza anymore, so I have no goddamn idea. Was goddamn with the kid okay? No. I'm leaving it. We don't edit, D-Rock. Question of the day. What is your favorite topping on pizza? And where is the best pizza in the world? You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them.